Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, the more Corfman trial ends. Also, school choice or robbing education. And the legislature wants to turn everyone into Dirty Harry. Shoot him up, bang, bang, baby. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and all around great guy, Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR. Welcome home. Nice. I, I really like it when Angie's not here. I get such a great introduction. <laughs> you do, you do. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell you, uh, we. I don't know. The, they went back into regular session, and and the foolishness is multiplying exponentially. Uh, this past week, it seems that the Republicans in the legislature are bound to turn every citizen in Alabama into a dirty, hairy character and put a gun in their hand, and uh, you know, just and this free fall, free for all, con congressional, constitutional, God bless America. Everybody needs a gun. Josh, they are going to pass a bill that says anybody can carry a firearm anywhere they want to on their person and conceal it. Yeah, uh, and every single law enforcement officer that you talk to is against it. Uh, they yeah. have, to, to the point where several of them rallied outside the state house uh, to show uh, their disagreement with the bill and what's behind it. They say it'll make uh, the public less safe. It'll make them less safe. Um, and they have good examples of this, uh, of how this would make the public less safe and how it would make their jobs harder and, and, and more scary uh, to go to every day, uh, which is yeah. exactly what you want. Anytime you can get a piece of legislation that makes cops less safe and, and more scared, then you know it's a great piece of legislation, right? I mean, it's, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it is... And they, you know, they boiled this thing down to make it seem like that police and, and sheriffs, they only want the revenue that comes from the, from the permit. When, you know, the sheriffs have given up a large chunk of this revenue over the last several years uh, just to kind of thwart this nonsensical idea that that's the reason why they're pushing back against this thing. It actually does help them. It helps the entire public uh, in being able to take guns off the streets from people who don't need them or, and should not have them and have ill intentions of carrying one. And, you know, if you're... A against that, uh, then it looks to me like you're kind of anti-police. I mean, Susan, you and I both have concealed carry permits. We do. Uh, one lawmaker said, oh, it takes can take you weeks to get one. No, that's not true. We went to the Etowah County Courthouse, less than 15 minutes for both permits. I mean, that's just that's just pandering to the bill. Uh, it, there, there's, I, yeah. I don't think even Jefferson County. I mean, you get it when you go. Yeah, I mean, they ran it, do a background check, and that's that's one of the reasons that we have it is so that you actually can go into the sheriff's office and have somebody at least 
lay an eyeball on you and run a background check so that they know whether you're fit to carry a weapon. I mean, we don't really want people with mental illnesses, serious mental illnesses out there bearing firearms, I'm sorry. No, we don't. And 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 look, it, it helps. It helps to know where they are. I know people don't like that, but s s industrialized, civilized nations around the world do not have the type of open gun laws that we do. Australia doesn't. Very civilized group of folks in Australia that primarily come from criminal stock. Yeah, the, the former prisoner colony. Uh, you know, it's, um, it, you're right. It, you know, people talk, make this argument all the time and say, well, it's our right. It's all right. Well, free speech is your right too, but you can't just say anything about anybody mm -hmm. at any time. There are mm -hmm. limits and there are laws and there are restrictions on what you can say and what you can't say. Uh, and this right. is a very fair restriction that has been tended to keep the public safe. And we have selected these, this group of people that are already assigned with keeping the public safe to make this judgment call. Um, you know, I, I don't know who else would be better than them uh, to make the judgment call on who should be able to carry a permit. Yeah. And like y'all said, it's very easy to do this. It's not hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, if you should in fact be carrying a weapon, the only people who have trouble with this are criminals for the most part. Yeah. So, you know, and, um, and people that somehow interpret the constitution and look, the Supreme court may come back and rule that, Hey, put a gun in every hand. I mean, it, it could absolutely happen over this New York case. So, mm -hmm. but we don't know, but it just seems counterintuitive to me to go against law enforcement so that you can carry an AK-47 or an AR-15 to Walmart. I, I don't really think that the problem that we have in America and, and in Alabama and in many of our major cities is uh, we have too few guns. You know, yeah. <laughs> as far as I yeah. can tell, it, that's not, not really an issue for anybody. Not, not a problem, not a problem. Yeah. Hey, I want to move on because you were talking about freedom of speech. So they're ready to pass another bill that is going to make it much more difficult to protest, which is part of your First Amendment right. constitutional right, Susan. They want your Second Amendment, but they're willing to walk all over your First Amendment right. Now, this is coming out of all of the, you know, the reaction to George Floyd and all of that, which we saw in Huntsville started as a peaceful protest. Yeah. And the, the police accelerated that into a riot, not the, mm -hmm. not the people that were there to protest. So now if it's a judgment call on a, a police officer's behalf of whether you're actually peacefully protesting or rioting, and they just get to decide whether you go to jail. And then they hold you for 24 hours just on because they said you were uh, rioting. They hold you for 24 hours without any representation. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, a minimum of 30 days in jail. Uh, yeah. Josh, I mean, listen, this is, this is, this is right out of the 1960 civil rights playbook for, for, you know, this is the Bull Connor playbook. Uh, that's what, yeah. and it's what it should be termed is the Bull Connor bill. Uh, because this is exactly what they did. They used this sort of tactics, uh, to attack the people who were protesting, uh, you know, unfair and unjust laws and looking for uh, equal representation and equal voting rights. They, they use this to attack them. That way you could put them in prison and show their employers, Oh, look, you can't trust this guy. He's a criminal. You know, yeah. and so you end up ruining the lives of these people that were there to simply protest, and it's all based on the judgment of the law enforcement officers who are there. Which, if we have seen anything and we've learned anything from Huntsville, their judgment is not always the soundest. No, I mean this is the, this is the thing that truly bothers me. Is this what you said, Susan? This is a knee-jerk reaction to the protest over violating the civil rights of a. A, a black man to the point that they murdered him. 
the guy was found guilty of murdering <clears throat> George Floyd. Now, I mean, so this is backlash to people protesting. Mm-hmm. I, Josh, it just, I don't Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a whole, uh, you know, it, it was a protest about the, the entire injustice that, that often, you know, well, befalls black people in the, in our criminal justice system. You know, this was, George Floyd's death was terrible, certainly, and it was the, the touching off point of this, but there, there were, there were a lot of built up emotions over the course of the last yeah. several decades that's, of the way yeah, this, uh, the system has treated a number of black people. And so they, th- this was a protest that, that, you know, grew across America and yeah. you know I, I think it touched a lot of people and, and was going to change a lot of lives and a lot of systems well we're going to have to leave it right there you're watching the V the voice of Alabama politics we'll be right back my dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high the owl said monsters daddy i did honey there are no monsters you're perfectly safe protect yourself and those you love vaccinate now so you got caught speeding But this time, you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. They say that money is the mother's milk of uh, politics, Susan. Uh, we just got the final filings for the fourth quarter in the Senate race between Katie Britt, uh, Mo Brooks, and Mike Durant. We are not related to Katie Britt or her husband, Wesley. We do know them as we know Mo Brooks. We do not know Durant because he won't talk to the press. That's his new strategy. But Susan... You got some crazy numbers out there. Katie Britt is still knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Katie Britt raised, raised, and you, you said Mother's Milk. Remind viewers that when you're talking about raising money from the public, that's them voting for you initially before they actually get to the ballot. Katie raised $1.2 million in the last three months of the year. Durant raised 164000 even though he claimed he was claiming to have raised four million, right. the reason he was claiming to have raised four million is because he loaned himself four million. Right. Okay. Big difference there. And Brooks raised three hundred and eighty-two thousand. Uh, so I'd say that Katie's Katie <coughs> kind of got the lead on that one a little bit. Uh, Josh, overall, uh, Katie Britt, I think, uh, has got about four million on hand after uh, everything is cleared. Mo Brooks has about two million. Durant has 2.5 after loaning himself 400, uh, right. four, 4 million. But I think what's interesting to me is, uh, at, at least here, is that, you know, Donald Trump's preferred candidate, Mo Brooks, can't seem to raise money if his life depended on it. That, yeah. that million something that he had in the bank was over the years he was in the U.S. House. Now, if you were sitting in Mar-a-Lago and looking at this, you would go, 
my guy can't raise money. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know the president personally. I have met him, the former president personally, I've met him once. But I know fundraising is an important key for him. So he's yeah. endorsed a guy who can't raise a dollar, hardly. Yeah, fundraising, grifting, same thing. Um, and so, yeah, you got to think that uh, as, as important as grifting is to Donald Trump, that he's really upset with Mo Brooks being unable to do it successfully. Um, now, you know, I, I, I agree that I think, uh, you know, what, what has been impressive to me, at least in the last uh, overall uh, reports that have come out is that uh, is that Brit has been able to get a, a number of small donations around that they're yeah. not a concentrated group of people. I mean, she has some large donations from folks and and the backing of a lot of organizations and stuff. But she also has a lot of money flowing in from just your average voters, uh, you know, right. small type donations. And that usually is a pretty good indication of how well uh, you're penetrating in, in terms of name recognition and in, in terms of making the rounds across the state. And so that to me has been the most impressive thing you know mo brooks is i mean i don't know how you can be you know in politics that long and raise so little money and still be a yeah. viable yeah. candidate in the race another point in, in in brit's fundraising is a large majority i'm talking a large majority of her fundraising is coming from within alabama yeah. it's not coming from dc or out of state it's coming from inside the state of alabama and you know uh, durant only raising one hundred sixty thousand dollars and then loaning himself four million. This is another case of somebody who is not from Alabama mm -hmm. uh, thinking they can come here and buy an election because they've made a lot of money off military contracts in Huntsville. Josh, I don't think people yeah. in general like it when you can buy an election. No, I, I think people are a little bit leery when they see folks putting in four and five million dollars of their own money, uh, you know, and, and because uh, that's just not relatable to the average person. And so, you know, I, I do think that there is some, uh, you know, some hesitancy in that. And, and the fact that, that nobody really knows who Mike Duran is, you know, I mean, I, I understand the he's got the story with the Black Hawk Down helicopter and he's got the story now with uh, the stuff that, that occurred with the, with the abuse of his sister uh, that we've reported on. But, uh, you know, nobody outside of, you know, really un knows that. I mean, it, those things were happening so long ago and now this has just happened. And so I, I, don't, I don't think that people recognize Recognize him, <clears throat> and in all the speaking engagements, according to my understanding, he's not even really meeting the public after his speaking speaking engagements. They are scurrying him out of there as fast as they can so he can avoid reporters. Well, they sure yeah. don't want him talking to reporters because they don't want him to bring up the incest in his family when his father uh, basically raped his sister for over, years. For years, and then Mike Dranton, when he found out about it from his father. He was disappointed in his father, but he turned on his sister and lied about it. I mean, how do, I don't think most candidates in a decent society would have just bow out. Yeah. Would not want that to be, uh, n you know, their, their defining moment, which I think, maybe not now, but I think by the time this race is over, Mike Durant will be defined by his betrayal of his sister. But we need to move on here. There are dueling polls out there, Club for Growth, uh, which is backing Mo Brooks, their multi-gazillion dollar mm -hmm. uh, pack. Uh, they said that Mo was leading by about 35. Uh, they said Durant was in the thir in 30, and Katie Britt was back in the 20s. Uh, I don't buy that poll because uh, their poll showed Brooks at over 50% in June, Josh. So yeah. the guy's going backwards, right? 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't really buy that either. I mean, you're always kind of leery of any poll that that comes out, and they don't tell you exactly, you know, what the questions were or how it was, how it was conducted. Right. And so, you know, that those sorts of things. Now, I, the one that I would put more stock in is, I believe, the second one that you're going to mention, uh, the, yeah. the one that that was just released, uh, and it was released by the Brit campaign. But the thing that was a little better about that about that poll was that. Uh, when they first contacted people for this polling, uh, their initial question before they gave any information about anything was, here are your three candidates. Who right now would you vote for? Um, right. And, you know, that's just an initial poll test question, basically. And it just right. got, it's, it's a good gauge of who people know, who they're leaning towards at this particular point. Um, and in that particular poll, you know, Katie Britt was leading by a point. Right. So it was 29 for Britt, 29, 28 for Brooks, 23 for Durant and Susan, the margin of error there was a little less than three percent. You and I were talking earlier, and I, I would bet in the final analysis in this this primary, the winner and the loser will be within three points of each other. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be close. that close. Yeah. It's going to be a very close race. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that's not it. At a, you know, that's not exactly where we are when we get to the primary. I mean, Josh, this is what the numbers look like. I know Mo Brooks wants to run against Durant. He does not want to run against uh, Brett, so that's why they've been talking up him. But that, I think that poll, if any, and I'm always cautious of any poll, uh, is probably the most accurate. Twenty-nine Brett, twenty-eight Brooks, mm -hmm. twenty-three Durant. But that's we're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. My dog Jupiter is frightened when I climb too high. The owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. Alabama politics. Susan, we are told, or we have seen what Senator Dale Marsh is calling the mother of all school choice bills. And I've heard from a lot of other people that it's some other kind of mother. But uh, that being said, uh, th this bill being sponsored by uh, Senator Marsh and Representative Meadows basically will take about 420 million out of the education trust fund and give it to parents uh, in a savings account so that they can send their kids to public school, private school, or homeschool them. Geez, that doesn't sound like a disaster waiting to happen to me at all. No. At all. I mean, you're taking money out of the trust fund, you're giving it to the parents to send them to private schools. 
it that looks like there's no think it through there somewhere of yeah. course yeah, I, I, um, I like to point out one thing. The, uh, the the budget office yesterday, our legislative fiscal office, uh, released the, the actual number on this thing, and they said it was going to be at a minimum $540 million. Uh, oh, wow, okay. That, that was going to come out of this. So, um, you know, so that's where we're starting. And, and it's hard to really pick a starting point of, of where to talk about the bad things uh, with this. I mean, do you start with the fact that it's going to give uh, public tax dollars to private corporations that have no oversight whatsoever? You know, I mean, right. does that trouble anybody at all? What if I told you we were going to do that in other areas of our state? Um, does it trouble you more that some of the public tax dollars are going to be going to corporations that don't reside in Alabama, don't do business, aren't, aren't located here? You could actually send right. a kid to a school in Mississippi and pay for it with your Alabama tax dollars. Um, it, it, does it trouble you more that you can hire unlimited numbers of people for consulting and all sorts of work? I mean. It is one of the biggest thefts of public education dollars, attempted thefts of public education dollars that I can, I, I've ever seen in my life. And, and it's absurd. And I heard Dale Marsh and, you know, I, I, I'm willing to take Dale Marsh at his word that he, he wants desperately to help public education in this state. And if that is the case, then I don't know how you can take a look at the current funding structure of our school system and the AAA Act, which Del Marsh also helped pass and has pushed for and expanded, and not recognize that those things are crushing our pu our current public schools. You, yeah. you have kids who, I, I put a question on Twitter yesterday and just asked public school teachers and administrators to tell me ways in which they are lacking supplies and resources. You should see the number of, of comments under that Twitter question, not to mention the dozens of emails that came to me of people telling me about not having enough textbooks, not having chairs yeah. in their class, not uh, having to do repairs on the furniture, having uh, classroom equipment that is so old and obsolete that you can't even buy parts for it anymore. Uh, I mean, these are the sorts of things that are plaguing Alabama classrooms, and it's because of the funding structure that punishes you for being a struggling high poverty school instead of helping you for being in that situation and better educating well, those children. And I think, Susan, if this passes, this will basically be the death knell for public education in, in Alabama. And this has been something they've wanted for a long time is to take the money and send it to these private schools, these corporate schools, this type of thing thinking that that would make it a lot better. I, I don't see well, how I mean, Look at Lead Academy as one of your examples of charter <laughs> schools. It's a failing charter school. Never, to never, never mind mentioning that Charlotte Meadows, who runs Lead Academy, is the sponsor of this bill. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of numbers of problems with that. But, I mean, it, there's no regulation in this one. If, are you going to send the money to an in-state uh, institution? Are you going to send the money to a failing charter school? There, there's no control mechanisms in here and, at all. And there's no testing. There's no way to account for how these funds, uh, the funds are going to get lost. We know this. Yeah, yeah, of course but there's are. also no accountability for how the, the children are faring in those schools. There's just no way to do it right now. And that's something that Eric Mackey brought right. up. But, but I, I, one last thing, Josh, just go ahead and then we're going to move on. No, I just, you know, I just want to say that it's, Never, if you judge, if you judge fairly, if you judge these schools fairly, 
there is never a time where in the overall scheme of things, in the overall, if you judge them fairly and give them a fair opportunity, that public schools don't do as good as or better job of educating the public school students than charter schools and private schools. It just doesn't happen. You know, the times right. in which those charter schools excel more than the public schools, that's when they have more resources and they're more selective in the students that they take. That's the only this, times. This was a, a long time ago, too. All right, so Roy Moore and Lee Kaufman sued each, both sued each other over defamation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this trial where he, she accused him of, of mis, you know, uh, what is misappropriate action towards her when she was a 14-year-old, and she sued him for tell, saying that he didn't tell the truth about it. And the jury heard all this testimony and went, yeah. ah, there's not enough evidence for us to judge one way or the other. They said that, that neither one defamed the other, and I, I guess they defamed each other equally, is what well, they were saying. They, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you looked at it, I think the jury just said, Eh, we don't know. That little idea yeah, I think did as much harm to either one uh, of them. I think that's probably know. an accurate. I think eh, it's probably it's probably an accurate <laughs> description. Uh, you know, and and once again, the attorneys won. Uh, you know, really, they were the only winners out of this, is they all got paid. Yeah. And you know, and and uh, you know, I I you know, I think the one thing that you can take from this is at least uh, the jury pretty much said that they believed in what Lee Corfman said. Um, right. You know that that she was being being honest in, in what she said back that at that time. They just didn't believe that what Roy Moore then said was enough to qualify as defamation uh, yeah. against her. And you know, I I'm with the jury. It, it would have been a hard call. You yeah. know, I have my own thoughts on it. But again, this is why we have a jury trials on things like this, so they they can make up their mind. Uh, to me, I didn't see anybody getting anything out of it, but Roy Moore's attorneys spun it that he was clearly vindicated, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's yeah. only vindicated on the fact that he didn't, that he, 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 <laughs> he didn't, didn't defame her. He yeah, didn't defame her recently. Didn't have anything else to it, do. Didn't say it didn't happen. Uh, yeah. didn't, he didn't, didn't, he still can't go to the gas and mall, but yeah. Well. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, uh, I, but I'm again, joking, Roy. I, I know you can go to the mall. Okay, you can go to the mall. Just stand yes. lingerie section, right? Yeah. Right. But no, uh, listen. The, the court, the jury spoke. I think it was about as good as a judgment as you could get given yeah. the circumstances. I agree. Susan. I would agree. Okay. All right, we're gonna have to leave it right there. You've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we. Watch them. <laughs>